Welcome to the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills, joined by Ian Faison, and this is part two of how to have more energy. We're talking about optimizing your sleep today, and it's a topic that gets thrown around a ton online, and we're going to dive into it and offer some new perspectives and things that, quite frankly, I'm nervous talking about. What's up, man? Are you nervous talking about them because you have a five-week-old or six-week-old? How old is he? Uh, six and a half weeks now. Six yeah. and a half. Oh, my goodness. Time flies. Yeah. No, it's not really that. I'm So I'm nervous talking about them because it's uh, this is an episode that hits close to home because one of the biggest impediments that we have to getting good sleep is how we talk about sleep with our friends and our family. And sleep in particular is something that People wear it as a badge of honor to get less sleep. And I mean, quite honestly, I just feel like there's so many people watching you to say like, you know, are you sleeping too much? Oh, it's lazy. You know, it's, there's just all of this baggage associated with it. And I think that that is the big thing that we each have to get over is basically give ourselves permission to catch up on sleep and get better sleep whenever we need it. So by all means, like, you know, run the marathon session where you maybe pull an all nighter once or just get, you know, stay up a couple hours later to get something done, but then make sure you recover. Yeah. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I think that my whole life, I have definitely been the person who slept in and every time, especially when we publish these articles all the time about, you know, best way to start your day, why you should wake up sure. at 5am, stuff like that. And again, that works for those people. What we want to talk about in this episode though, is the importance of getting sleep yeah. Not the time when you wake up in the day, not the thing, whatever. But generally, uh, so yeah, your life is going to be different. It's going to be complicated. You have a ton of th- different things going on. This is just some of the uh, scientific why behind, you know, why sleep is just so incredibly important and uh, just new ideas about how to actually put it in practice because it's really, really hard to set aside the time and to do the things during the day that are going to enable you to sleep like a baby. At night, by baby, I don't mean six. Yeah, I was just going to say that has got to be the worst <laughs> analogy. Sleep like a baby. That is who came up with that. I mean, I guess they uh, sleep a lot. It should be sleep like a dog because, well, I guess that is an expression because yeah, dogs are great at sleeping. Toasty's, Toasty's, I have to hand it to him. I don't know how he's, <laughs> he's learned to become such a great sleeper, but he is. Whether it's like, so he's outside in the sun right now, it's like 90 degrees here, and he's, uh, he's he sleeps in the sun until he starts like panting. And gets just like, you can tell he's like overheating practically. Uh, and then he goes back inside. It's kind of funny. You know what I was always, what I always thought was so interesting about dogs too, is that they're so good at like falling asleep quickly and then so good at waking up quickly. So it's like, do they get into REM sleep faster or something? I don't know. They might. And REM sleep is, I think the optimal amount that you want to shoot for is there's like three to four stages of rapid eye movement that you need to get. You don't have to worry about it. It's um, it's actually not that hard to track. So there are some great wearables that make tracking this really easy. And when your diet and your exercise and everything like that is is happening just, just a little bit, it makes going into the REM sleep way easier. And what happens in REM sleep is your body basically is, um, it's basically manufacturing uh, ghrelin, HGH, uh, and these two things Ghrelin is really important because it's what regulates our appetite, our cravings for food. And if you get more sleep or around the eight hour mark, um, that's where your body's going to have the right amount of ghrelin. And then on top of that, you have your body producing HGH in REM sleep. 
And HGH is something that you know, there's a lot of uh, bodybuilders and older people who spend a huge amount of money to purchase and exogenously dose HGH. Yep. When in reality, if they were to optimize their sleep a little bit more, they could endogenously dose the perfect amount for their body to recover from. And so that's why you know we want to introduce strategies and habits that are as cheap as possible for our listeners because you know obviously we can't all spend a thousand to two thousand dollars on HGH treatments and why would you want to with like the whole host of side effects that come from it? Why not endogenously dose it? So, so what are, what are some of the things then that affect that negatively affect our sleep? Definitely caffeine is, I mean, first and foremost, if there's any question in your mind about how caffeine affects your sleep, it's, you can only get the answer about how much it's affecting your sleep by running a personal experiment, which is going without caffeine for a day or two days. And the sleep and your quality of sleep will just be night and day different. It would be just, it's so, so different. Um, This is hard to do. So this is something, the only time I've found that I've been able to do this is basically on the weekend. So when you don't have anything going on, because that first day without caffeine, you might not notice anything major, but the second day, it's going to be uh, rough (laughs) to say the least. And after the second day, you can go back on. But the thing that's great is you'll need way less caffeine and the night prior, you're going to be able to get really great sleep. And when you have that res- restorative sleep uh, and you get up, all of a sudden, you know, you don't need caffeine as much as uh, you did before. Why do you think there's this sentiment of, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead or people who just generally speaking try to say that people who sleep a lot are lethargic or whatever it is? Like, what? what do you think that? Because I mean, well, I guess let me answer my own question first. I think that part of all of this is that that the only way to measure how much quote unquote work you get done in a day is by the amount or amount of hours that you work rather than like the deepness of the work because that's not easily measurable. Yeah. So hard work equal, equals how many hours you work a day. And the only way to work more hours is sleep less, right? So, yeah. but what we know is that hard work doesn't scale when it comes to the amount of hours worked because you can never work, you know, so you have to focus on how to do deeper work. But there's this like negative undercurrent that people who like sleep more are lazy. There really is. And it's so, I mean, you just hear people bragging all the time about like, I, I went less, you know, on less sleep. And um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm prone to do this. It's, and, it's yeah, one of me too. I mean, things where it's like, you get in a group setting, like especially, you know, being in the military, that's like one of the biggest badges of honor because we are, you know, competitive creatures. Like we like to compete with different things. And in some sense it's, um, you know, it's okay that we're, at least we're, you know, pursuing something and like trying to push ourselves to the limit. But then the the real question is like, are you recovering? And yeah, it's, I I don't know where the negative stereotype really got started. Um, But I think it's like, it appears and manifests itself in all kinds of like weird ways and like small comments about things. Because if you're on a family vacation or something like that and you sleep in, it's not going to go over well. There's you're guaranteed to get a bunch of different comments about about it. You need you need <laughs> to ask my family about my sleeping habits. Um, so when I was in the army, one of my soldiers who was awesome, um, extremely hardworking guy, he said to me one time, "It's like if I don't get ten to twelve out twelve hours, I'll be worthless tomorrow." <laughs> and it was one of those things that's about as taboo of something that you could say. But yeah. there's a reason why 
that's the case is because in things like the military at times you, you need to push through you basically have to prove yourself at, at some point and people because you're not always going to have the perfect schedule there exactly. are going to be a lot of times like uh you know in my own life right now where i haven't had you know much sleep over the last couple of weeks and the last i guess yeah two months and you're gonna have to figure out how to operate without it but then the real question is like will you take some time down the road to recover but that's that's perseverance that's like pushing through things that are difficult yeah what most people do is they push through things that are difficult to prove to no one that they can do it and like what you should be doing is get enough sleep that makes you feel helpful so one of the things that is super important to your sleep is breathing correctly and as someone who has struggled with this ever since I broke my nose uh, about a decade ago. Like this is a huge impediment to your sleep. Yeah. that's You need need to be able to breathe. Otherwise your body, you're going to be constantly waking yourself up. So you quote unquote slept for 10 hours, but you didn't actually sleep for 10 hours. Yeah. Especially if you stopped breathing like a, you know, like a number of times it's yeah. yeah. And and that's where, you know, getting a sleep test or getting a sleep study done is, um, you should be afraid of that because how? you're going to spend a third of your life sleeping. Like you might as well figure out how to optimize it. And, and it's crazy. Like I, I never did that until like a few months ago, and it's just idiotic. You look back and you're like, how how dumb is that? Like yeah. it's it's actually one of the dumbest things you can do. That no, everybody on, um, talks about how to be more healthy and how to do these things and how to have more energy, but nobody will go get a sleep test. Like what what? Yeah, that's uh, it's that's pretty staggering. It's like it's like going to the going to the gym and ha- never having learned how to lift weights properly. It's yeah. like the same sort of thing. You're well, what are you doing? It's uh, it requires an ego check to have a session with a personal trainer or ask the person that's in far better shape to uh, critique your form. It's not pleasant. It feels uh, stupid. I know. Yeah, I've I've asked this in the past, and it's not like I'm, you know, asking for tips or advice, and you know, I feel good about it. I feel kind of you know worthless yeah. that I'm asking such a basic question. But it's um, how you get good information. So some basic strategies that uh, are really worth, I think, repeating and just going over really fast. So these are just simple steps that we can all take um, today or, you know, whenever you can schedule it in. So blocking out light coming into your room. That's that's a major one. There are so many curtains that I have no idea why they sell them. If they're anything less than blackout curtains, like you you want them to do something. So, you know, block, try blocking out the light. Try sleeping in a completely blacked out room. That's a game changer. Uh, another big one is um, breathe right nasal strips. So for a while I was having trouble sleeping and this is a, uh, yeah, a big help. Um, white noise is another uh, just great one. So if you're in a city right now, if you're in an apartment where there's sirens going on nonstop, that's going to just destroy your quality of sleep. So if you have rain playing in the background or something, uh, it's a way you can trick yourself to thinking you're in nature and um, just get a little, a little bit more deep sleep. Have I told the Plantronic story on this podcast or was that on... No, I don't think so. The story. Anyways, we do we do two podcasts, so, you know. Um, about to be five. Yeah, it's just about saying. to be five. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, long story short. Not Alan, us, other other hosts. So, so I, I don't want to let you, let you, everybody listening down, but you can only hear our voices here for the yeah, time being. From, yeah. And on the it, story after show. Yeah, and on the story after show. <laughs> um, so Plantronics used to be a customer of mine, and they're a really cool company. They were the headsets that were on the moon. And they're just experts at sound and hearing and all that sort of stuff. And so long story short, I was at their their headquarters and they have all these really cool noise canceling things that are in the office. 
And what is so crazy is that you think that like loud noise is the thing that prevents you from, you know, that distracts you in a day-to-day environment or distracts your sleep. And it's not, it's not loud noise. It's being able to like hear a conversation or specific sounds like a car siren or anything like that. Those are the things that actually either wake you Trigger up. Trigger your imagination, your mind. Your yeah, brain. exactly. Yeah, waking up. Yeah. So you could have completely silent at the library, for example. If you can hear one person's conversation, you'll be ridiculously distracted. Yeah. If it's a thousand people at a convention talking in the background. Sleep like a baby. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost like white noise. Yeah, really, really good point. Um, so what are some other strategies that sometimes we forget? So the optimal room temperature is between 60 and 66 degrees. This is there's plenty of research on this and it's uh nice if it's a colder room you're under a blanket it's just been shown that it's easier for people to get into rem sleep uh in that way but it's horrible to wake up though when it's cold well i mean that's you can have a hoodie nearby you can have how uh, much a heavy blanket you can have a snuggie that you slip into and wear around the house for the <laughs> that's true i don't know so this is actually i'm super curious about this i mean i think with the future of just like smart homes and all that sort of stuff you'll be able to be like at your wake up time heater goes on and it's like you know you wake up and it's like uh, 70 degrees in your room but like for the entire night it was at a at a lower temperature and the other thing is like overheating in the middle of the night if you have like too heavy of a comforter or things like that i mean that stuff is so important yeah and what how much thought do we put into those things no it really is and there's uh just yeah plenty of other ideas like no screens after six um don't sleep with your cell phone next to you uh, no caffeine after 10 a.m. So I think it takes like 12 hours for caffeine to get out of your bloodstream. Uh, I think it has course, a half a life. I break all the time. It does. <laughs> yeah, it has like a half life that that's like six hours or something or five it's, hours. It's pretty long. I, it's I think really, it's, it really long. longer than that. Um, and this is something I didn't start experimenting with until recently, which was um, limiting the size of meals after six or seven in the evening. I had this really bad habit earlier of, you know, we would work really late. Yeah. It'd be like... Uh, I think nine thirty or ten, you would go home and I would eat like a big dinner. And just, oh, I know, I was doing that too <laughs> because I was starving because we worked for like fourteen hours in the day. And I was just really hungry, and that's just the worst idea in the world. And so when you're when you are hungry like that, one of the things I found that you can kind of like trick yourself or how you can trick yourself is just have a ton of water. And that's yeah, yeah you might wake up to go to the bathroom, but your body's not digesting the meal all night. Um, and then. One more that's um, just a pet peeve of mine. It's like, why? I, I enjoy a glass of uh, wine or uh, bourbon or you know something like that just as much as anybody else. But drinking in the evening is the worst thing you can do for your sleep. I can't stand when all these events are in the evening or like, you know, late yeah. happy hours and stuff. Like, let's just drink in the morning so we can, you know, get over it by that's the time a, we, we go to bed. Like, that's what's, a great point. Those those taboos around those those subjects are just so annoying when it's like, you know, brunch is the most powerful uh, social phenomena going on right now to kind of like bust down the taboo of drinking early in the day. Like there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. That's uh, drinking in earlier in the day is actually much better than drinking with your meal at night. Well, I think it's about moderation, right? It's, it, yeah. If you're, if you are having a beer at lunch, I think the common misconception would be actually might not, not be a misconception might be accurate is that people would abuse <laughs> that and then they would get hammered and you know not go back to work or have to fall asleep or something but yeah definitely it's um not advocating the eight martini lunch uh here but that's there's plenty yeah the of mission who, mondays we'll, try, we'll do try uh, that before. mojito mondays here at the mission <laughs> um and oh so exper- 
experimenting is obviously like really important, but this is something that I've personally started to experiment with that I think is incredibly promising to kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word hacking, but there's nothing else that's coming to mind right now. We each have to catch up on sleep however we can. So this final thing I'll leave everyone with is basically a call to figure out how you can catch up on your own terms in a way that makes sense. Because probably everyone that's listening is a little bit sleep deprived or at some point you're going to be. So float tanks are really interesting. If you're a podcast listener, then chances are you've heard a lot of people advocating them. And so float tanks are basically sensory deprivation tanks. They have salt water in them. The salt water is heated to about the same temperature as your body. So you can't really feel it over time. You forget you're in the tank. There isn't outside stimulus. So your mind can become very active. It's very, very relaxing, very soothing. And there's a whole host of people that think that for an hour in a float tank, you're basically getting the equivalent of four hours of sleep. So at a certain point, of course, these returns are not going to remain constant. So there's going to be diminishing returns over time. We're not saying to go spend, you know, that two to three hours in a float tank are going to replace your, your sleep at night, but it could supplement that. And this is something that, again, we're not doctors. Um, we don't know what we're talking about with a lot of this stuff. So don't take it uh, as gospel by any means. Question it and do your own research. But float tanks appear to be very promising. I know that it's a, it's a refreshing practice and you come out of it feeling refreshed. I just don't know if it's actual, you know, if it's the equivalent of REM sleep or not, but it seems to be pretty promising. And Eleven from Stranger Things oh, yeah. saw huge results. Also, uh, Legion, um, the main character, David, in the TV show Legion, it's on FX right now, also uses float tanks. That's how he, how he can communicate through his mind. Granted, those people have superpowers, but maybe you do too. And just a fun side note, I mean, the first person that popularized uh, float tanks, he was doing that so he could talk to dolphins, Dr. John Lilly. So really? <laughs> yeah. That's another, we're going to do an entire episode on that. That dude was wild, had some uh, crazy ideas. I think you might have told me about that. Anyways. Yeah. So um, I, the point is here to uh, just experiment with it and push back when you start to get the, uh, the attacks about if you do sleep in to recharge and um, when you do feel those attacks from family or friends or whatever they are, that, that critique, um, don't worry about it. Just get the sleep that you need and figure out what that is. Well rested, well tested. Love it. See you next time. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.